lost your damn mind. <laughs> Even the Batmobile don't hold the road like this, bitch. Tight pants and fast cars don't make you Batman, Mike. Get me the fuck out of this car. Mike, we got more time behind us than in front. Man, please. Because I'm going to be running down criminals till I'm 100. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Luck It All podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Photo, video, digital media production. Marcus and Mike have to confront new issues as they join their newly created elite team ammo of the Miami Police Department to take down the ruthless Armando Armas, the vicious leader of a Miami drug cartel. Today we are discussing Bad Boys for Life, the third in the trilogy of the Bad Boys, um, I guess trilogies, um, uh, trilogy. Um, we have Will Smith returning back as Detective Mike Lowry. We also have Martin Lawrence returning his role as Detective Marcus Burnett. So, I will be honest. I saw one or two of the commercials before I uh, went to go see Bad Boys I'm just going to call it Bad Boys 3. And I had extremely low expectations for this movie. This movie actually surpassed my expectations overall as the third in a trilogy. Coming back, uh, I think it's since 2003 was the last Bad Boys, Bad Boys 2. And so, I mean, what is it, 17 years later, uh, give or take, when, when it was shot? Um... Yeah, I was pretty blown away by the fact that the acting, still on point. I thought uh, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence didn't miss a step. The editing, I thought the editing in this movie was actually really good, A way that, in a way that the, uh, what is it, the marketing was not showing at all. And the marketing just didn't help it at all. Just made it feel like kind of dry and wrung out. And it didn't really sell enough of how good the action was going to be or how funny they were going to be. Um, they really relied on a couple of lines on in the trailers that said, oh, you know, Mike, we're getting old. We can't do this anymore. And it, there's really the dynamic of one's got the energy and one doesn't. And so it, the thing is the the marketing was really not selling me on this being a great movie. And I was pleasantly surprised i mean the comedy from veteran actors of will smith and marcus sorry martin lawrence and they feel like they didn't miss a step the action like i said uh action was just as good as any michael michael bay film um probably slightly more coherent and able able to see what's going on this is directed by adele l arby and Bilal fala they're both they are both uh, responsible for working on black gangsta embroiders among uh, other what does it look like um, music videos and stuff they were also on the television show or at least Adele Arby was on let me see if he was yeah he was on the snowfall series on FX but anyways back to the uh, bad boys 
what makes this movie really tick? Well, I mean, really, it's the fact that they haven't messed a step and they are able to be somewhat self-reflective on their own age. The things that I wasn't too hot about within this movie were um, the music might tie it too much to 2020. I think the music could have been a little bit more score heavy and less uh, soundtrack heavy. I know soundtracks were very um, have, were, were very prominent in the uh, you know O three earlier Bad Boys ones. Uh, you know, shake it tail, feather with it, all that. But I think that filmmakers have started to realize that the more you use a score, the more it lessens. It doesn't tie it so much to the year it's created in. Um, I wasn't terribly too crazy about them being super self-reflective on them being quote unquote bad boys. It's like you don't have to keep saying that. You don't. You, you don't have to keep bringing it up. Um, and. There's a twist at the end. I'll talk about it in the spoiler section, but that probably could have. Um, there's a twist that really needed a flashback to help sustain the twist, and so I'm not going to say anything else besides that. So let's hop into spoilers for Bad Boys for Life. They really went with the Fast and Furious vibe. The reflection on what they had to do in... Uh, oh, and they had a, a serious reflection on how they... Um, were able to do, you know, and perform action and stunts in their previous movies, and they're really not able to anymore. I mean, Martin Lawrence is probably 50, 60, and Will Smith is still in some of the best shape of his life, but, I mean, they're still, um, you, know, you know, older men, and I really liked how they had this kind of self-reflection on it. Um, I, I did want to add the Fast and Furious vibe. There's this team called Ammo that is um, introduced, and it's this uh, team that is led by basically the bad boys but it is including Vanessa Hudgens as Kelly Alexander Ludwig as Dorn Paula Nunez as Rita wait she might have been the bad guy I think Rita actually might have been the uh sorry Rita was his no 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 Rita Rita was um and Captain Howard uh, with uh, Joe Pantoliano returning and Charles Melton as Rafe. Um, so what it appears they are doing with this ammo team is they're creating this. Uh, everyone's calling it Fast and Furious because it's hard not to. Fast and Furious did it first. They're creating this diverse team that happens to be of badasses. Some you know we got the tech guy, we got the specialist guy, we got the. Uh, the girl that's a badass, and they all happen to be different, uh, you know, ethnicities and genders, and it's very progressive, and almost to a point where it's slightly distracting. It's like, I I think the one thing that was distracting about it was the fact that they were all gorgeous. I felt like ev the, the whole team looked like they were made of models. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I know we're in Miami, but, but, but good lord. Um there's a couple scenes at the beginning that were really touching for me regarding the relationship between Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. I didn't think the 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 writing was ever going to go, you know, above or below the comedy or action aspect, but it really did have a sprinkle of drama in it when it came down to Martin Lawrence having to take care of Will Smith. I really thought what really sold this movie was the fact that it had stakes. I couldn't really talk that talk too much about it having stakes and the spoiler section, spoiler free section, because I didn't want to, you know, refer to anyone being killed. But we do lose 
um, major characters in this, and we almost lose some of them. You know, Will Smith. It's like holy shit. That would be. That's something pretty intense. Um, on the screenplay is Chris Bremner. He's uh, actually more. He's a brand new writer. This is the first thing he's written on. Um, he's also an actor. Uh, Peter Craig on the screenplay, who is responsible for uh, Hunger Games and The Town, uh, among other things. And uh, Joe Carnahan is on the screenplay, who's responsible for writing and directing The Gray, also writing on A Team and Smoking Aces and Narc. And uh, obviously, George by uh, George Gale, Gallo is uh, created the characters. So, um, yeah, I do like this new ammo team. I think that it's a little bit obvious that they're trying to get this, you know, started and kind of, you know, bring in new blood. The pro and it's it's way obvious when it comes down to the uh, the antagonist in this series, Jacob Scipio Sikibo. Scipio, I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm fucking it up. But he plays Armando Armas. And this dude's a fucking badass. And so the only one from the team that we were missing was the Hispanic guy. Because, of course, the Hispanic guy's the uh, the antagonist. So uh, at the very end of the movie, despite how many people he's killed, uh, you know, we're still thinking about letting you out to go, you know, maybe reduce some of that time. It's like, bullshit. There's no way that would ever happen. Um without him being just seriously locked up the entire time. But anyways, uh, I did find it a little bit, I don't want to say it's, it's, it is a trope that, you know, the big strong man that doesn't want to, um, that, that indefinitely becomes religious and doesn't want to inflict any more pain upon the world until the very last time he reasons it to himself. Um, the Michael Bay cameo, the Bay cameo, uh, I don't know, it was just kind of, just kind of obvious, uh, that, you know, he's not an actor, <laughs> and, uh, or I haven't seen him act in too many things past being a cameo, um, the 30-year-old guy, the guy that they, <laughs> they're like, uh, from Bad Boys 2, who's trying to take, uh, I think it was Martin Lawrence's daughter out on a date, and it is, it is so funny in that scene, you know, you must, damn, you must be at least 30 or something like that, I was, it was something, I, and he's back in this movie, and so that's why it was great to have some of the, the characters from the second movie back. Um, Will Smith uh, in the movie uh, heals oddly fast for me, just a little bit too fast for me, he's up and at it and barely, it, it's barely addressed that he's, you know, hurt at all, or was shot at all no rehabilitation is what it seemed like um or if it was just so minimal um will smith needs to chill and retire in this movie not the actual actor but the <laughs> the character is insane he literally just wants to kill people and it's a little bit disturbing not gonna lie uh love the comparison of the mike and marcus character when marcus decides that he wants to uh uh, when he w decides he wants to retire and <laughs> he's just like uh, seeing Will Smith's character become a badass in the morning, put the coat on, grab the, grab the gun out the safe. You see Martin Lawrence put the, put the PJs or sorry, put the, uh, what does he have on? Um, uh, ah, the, uh, the, the fucking robe. 
uh, Martin puts the robe on and is grabbing a hot pocket out of the microwave as opposed to, you know, Will Smith grabbing the gun out the safe and then him kicking up the Porsche uh, into drive, overdrive, and then Martin Lawrence pulling up the damn uh, footrest, getting ready to kick it. It is just, it's a great bit of editing that I was not expecting in this movie, and it was cracking me up, just the the subtleties of it, even though it was a little bit goofy at some points. Um, I didn't understand why they needed to release the video of um, Will Smith being shot. I, I was kind of confused about that. Maybe I missed something. Um, DJ Khaled cameo was, was, uh, he's not a great actor, I'll be honest, but it was cracking me up seeing Will Smith having to whoop his ass, and it, it was just a, a, a great scene. Um, Joey Pants is way more crazy in this than mad. I used to think that he was just mad all the time, but I think he might just be turning into, you know, losing his fucking mind. Um, let me see. Yeah, I got that Sony product placement on Joey Pants's shoulders. Um, the A7. Let me see. I was not expecting Joey Pants to get shot almost immediately after having just a short conversation that didn't even feel like it meant too much more than you need to slow down, Will. Because it seems like everyone's telling Will Smith's character you need to slow down. Um, and that's like one of the last thing Joey Pants is able to say, um, to him before he's shot. And that, that was like kind of moving. I was like, oh shit, we've, you know, lost a character that has been around. Technically he's been around in this universe for over, you know, 20 years now. So it's pretty, uh, pretty crazy. They were just able to just take him out like that kind of unceremoniously in a way, which made it again, feel like it had stakes. I mean, we've had two main characters, uh, shot in the first like hour nap hour a little over an hour of the movie so let me see why would uh will smith's son have the same skills as him or problems i mean i'm definitely getting vibes of gemini man again about you if you know anything about the gemini man thing that was it was pretty stupid with how that was happening so i didn't understand why they would just assume that will smith's uh, son would automatically be a badass and uh, once again in this movie, why would why would his, you know, why they haven't been together at all for his entire life? Why would they have anything in common? It didn't, you know, besides looking alike. And I thought they just barely had some of the same facial features. But I didn't really think that that actor really too looked too much like Will Smith. I don't know. That was just me personally. Um, let me see. Uh, the airplane scene. That was cracking me up. There's some great bits of comedy with uh, Martin Lawrence and and Will Smith. It really shows that they haven't lost a beat. And I was thinking that I would love to have the uncut gems treatment with these two actors. I just want them to be like normal. I don't even want them to be normal, uh, like action people, action stars. I want them to be like normal people in a movie that just has crazy shit happen to them and just have them reacting to it. Cause they are fucking hilarious. And I could honestly go for two hours of that. Um, let me see. The twist with Will explained that he has, Oh, that he was, Messing with the married witch was uh, kind of a big pill to swallow, um, and also I didn't really understand why this way, why this lady, why this uh, lady was a witch. I was maybe I missed something on that as well, um, but 
There's a big line of exposition that we kind of find out that Will Smith has gone undercover, so let's just say 30 years ago, and when he went undercover, he slept with a lady who happened to have a son, and now his son's trying to kill him. And so it's just like this big, crazy unraveling of the story, and it's like, if us as the viewer were a little bit more into it, or a little bit more prone to it, or understood it a little bit more, I would be a little bit more uh, receptive to the plot line, but I was kind of like... That's a little bit soap opery, uh, op- soapy, I guess. If that's, what, I don't know what I was thinking, what I was trying to say, but it's a little bit soapy. It's a, it's just a little bit campy. It's a little bit unbelievable. It's a little bit unnatural storytelling in a way. Like I really wanted to have a flashback, but if we had a flashback, it would have had to have Young Will again. And I don't know if we want Gemini Man showing up. <laughs> uh, cool tech in the movie, yes. Um, I don't remember the previous Bad Boys movies having nearly as, as much tech. I think because with Michael Bay, it was way more explosions and gunshots and grenades. This feels way more in the realm of what Fast and Furious has been doing and exploring cooler, faster, more sleek tech within the world. And they, I mean, I, I think it's a handful of times they're using drones in this. I mean, that, that was like, whoa. Um, and just other cool pieces of equipment that seem somewhat plausible. Um, let me see. I thought there were some really cool camera movements with the shooting and long takes when the action was happening. Specifically, specifically at the end, there's this one shot. I think it was Rita who was shooting somebody above her and the camera is pointing at her. And then when he starts, when she starts shooting above her, the camera pulls out a little bit and you can see the person standing above her, um, in, in a separate room. And you can see the camera turn sideways as, as it's going up so we can see what what is happening to the person she's shooting. It's pretty crazy. It, it, it's kind of hard to explain in a way. But it's all in one take. Dude takes out a column. Uh, there's one guy that is apparently just like he's killed people on accident being a bouncer. His name's Dorn, I think his name what is what they said. Uh, and we also don't really get anything from the Kelly character I think Vanessa Hutchins character she looks really cool she does she does everything really well but it's a really underwritten character not her fault um Doran's character I think that um yeah he's just uh the the big badass that wants to be a softy and stay behind the computer but only use him when you absolutely need him and so that when you absolutely need him go have him jump into a, a stone column which I did not believe would ever work <laughs> Um, regardless, I mean, that's stone. Um, just can't do that. <laughs> uh, doing some shit like the rock would do. It's like, you're not the rock. Um, and the crazy ending with, uh, his, his lover falling into the fire, uh, Will's lover. I didn't really feel the connection between them two. I thought that she tried, you know, they, they, I think her name was Isabel. They really tried to have a connection between Will Smith and this lady. And I just... Uh, it takes a special actress to kind of be believable with Will Smith. I don't know why it, it, it wasn't believable for me. I guess because we don't have any time really with them to to for it to make sense besides them just acting their ass off. And so it's like, eh. yeah, I guess that's why she fell, fell in the fire or whatever. Um, but yeah, so that is Bad Boys 3. I think we cover the majority of the movie that I wanted to talk about what the hell was that 
Oh, well. um, <laughs> um, but anyways, I'm going to sign us off. Thank you for listening to Lugged Out Podcast. Go ahead and shake your tail feather and go and like, rate, share, subscribe. You already know what helps us out. PayPal.me slash Podcast. Email, comments, questions, concerns. The Podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can check out all of our uh, previous movie reviews and everything that has come out before. We've um, got 1917, one of my favorite movies of 2019, just released. Um, just released that. We have Hustlers coming down the tube, if not already available. Top 10 films of the decade. The Witcher Season 1 review. We have tons of things that are available coming down the you're listening thank you for listening to the Love Dog Podcast one last Take time it. one last time Come to the front door. She knows. She always knows. Bad boy for life.